Okay, this is our first sound check for the episode. Sid, I just want you to know, well, I guess you already know, but I would like our listeners to know that I gave you the chance to take out your earrings before we started recording. Yes, you did. Before we started recording, I had not even plugged in the audio interface yet, I don't think. (laughs) She goes, you know, I should really stop wearing earrings when we record. Because it hurts your ears when we wear headphones. And I said, well, it's a good thing we're not recording yet. You have plenty of time to take them out. (laughs) Yeah, but then I either, like, put them on my desk and lose them, or I have to stand up and put them away. And neither of those options sound great to me right now. Would you like to take them out and I will go put them away? No, that's cool. What's wrong with that option? Oh my gosh, are you really going to peer pressure me into taking my earrings out? It's a good thing we're not peers. I am 12 days older than you. Oh my gosh. Now everyone can tell. <laughs> Shut up. Hello everyone and welcome back to Thanks for Participating. I'm Sydney. And I'm Josh. And this is our show. And we are your hosts. Dang straight we are. Dang straight we are. I feel like on the last one, you were like, heck yes we are. And I was like, heck yes we are. <laughs> I don't remember that, actually. I Yeah, I can't really remember anything that we've talked about in our last episodes. Me neither. I always feel bad when people reference them. And I, I'm like, honestly, I'm half asleep most of the time that we're filming. <laughs> yeah. Like right now. Anyways, today we have a really exciting show for you. We just got back from our trip to Hawaii, and this episode is going to be all about that aforementioned trip. I don't know what else to say besides, heck yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Dang straight it is. Dang straight it is. Uh, Before we get started, though, we do want to mention that um, our first ever giveaway contest is officially ended, and at the end of this episode, we are going to be announcing the winner. So... Be sure to listen all the way to the end, um, and we're going to announce the winner, and it's going to be really fun. We have a really cool package that we're putting together with a candle that's uh, pineapple-scented, and it's in this uh, coconut shell that's the shape of a pineapple that we got from Oahu. Let me tell you guys, this pineapple candle smells amazing, and I bought one for myself. (laughs) It does. I can confirm. And we have a box of the Honolulu cookies that we got from our resort in Waikiki that we're going to be giving away. And that package may or may not include a thank you note from us and maybe a Polaroid picture or something. So it'll be really fun. And we're really hoping to do more giveaways like this in the future. So be sure to support us on Instagram, uh, share with your friends, help us grow. We really appreciate all the support we can get. Can get. Yep. We love you guys. Love our listeners. So anyways... We, before we were recording today, just like right before we started recording, we sat down and we're like, let's, you know, outline kind of the agenda day by day what we did uh, because we were there for 10 days and we did a lot and we (laughs) didn't want to get on the podcast and not really have any sort of organization and like jump around. And so we wanted to kind of outline it a little bit more than we have outlined some of our other episodes, but it ended up taking a lot longer than we expected mainly because we didn't really know the names of a lot of the places that we went to. So we had to do a little bit more research and find the names because also we didn't really want to just 
be talking about our trip and saying, well, we went to this place and we went to that other place. and We went to this beach and this beach and this beach and this beach. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so we, we looked up all the names so that we can be accurate and more descriptive as we're talking about these things. And also just a disclosure, we you know don't speak Hawaiian. And so our pronunciation of all of these site names is not going to be the best, but we try. We did look up how to pronounce them. So uh, bear with us. But we're really excited to talk about because we had so much fun on the trip. We have a lot of fun stories to tell. And so we're really excited about this. Yes, I am also super pumped. I would just like to take a minute to dedicate this episode to Josh's mom because she was the one that made this amazing trip happen. And she was the one that planned the entire thing. And she put so much of her heart and soul and sweat into this trip and it was so worth it it was the trip of a lifetime and it couldn't have been done without all of her hard work and so i just like to take a moment to acknowledge her and how amazing she is we are very very uh blessed and grateful that we were invited on this trip um it for those of you who listened to our last week's episode uh i had my brother john and his john on as a guest and you might have heard he is moving to brazil in just a few weeks and he'll be there a couple years and so before he left we wanted to have one last trip like one last hoorah and so my parents took us all to brazil and they invited sydney and me to join them and they paid for wow i didn't know they took us to brazil is that what i said yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is news to me (laughs) we didn't I, I know that you weren't aware of that, but that's the episode that we're actually recording right now is our trip to Brazil. So I hope you took copious notes. Oh my gosh, how'd you get my passport? <laughs> no, so they, they took us, they invited us to go with them on their trip to Hawaii and they covered our flights and our hotel and all of our meals and we were just beyond blessed. Um because we have been struggling with money a lot this year. And so just being able to get away from our work and our school and everything, uh, just spend 10 days with the family was everything that we needed right now. Yep. And it was honestly so fantastic. Right. So it was my first time to Hawaii, your first time to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I think everyone except my parents, I think they were there like 20 something years, ago, like almost 30 years ago for their first like first anniversary. anniversary. And yep. we were there for our almost first anniversary. Our first anniversary is in August. So Woo-hoo. that's kind of cool. We were joking around that um, in, you know, 20 something odd years, we'll take our kids, uh, <laughs> our first kid when they get married uh, for their first anniversary to Hawaii. Yeah. And then it'll be a, so, but we we're just joking around. But hey, you never know. We might. Yeah. Well, without further ado, let's jump in to the trip and discussion because there is a lot to talk about all right day one we so we first we flew from salt lake city to la and we were expecting to lay over because this was on the fifth we were we flew into la and we didn't have the flight to honolulu until the next morning so we knew that we were going to have the (laughs) like overnight layover but both sydney and i were expecting to lay over at the airport. Well, that's because your mom told us, oh, we're going to have to stay the night in the airport. And in your mom's head, she was like, oh, we're going to have to stay the night in the airport, the airport hotel. But in my head, that's like, all right, we're going to rough it in the airport. 
<laughs> and so we were fully expecting to like actually sleep in the airport that night. And I was I was prepared. I had like put my contacts in my backpack and like I had like I hadn't put my contacts in. I was wearing them, but I had like filled up the little contact case and then like put it in my quart sized bag through the TSA right. so that I could like take out my contacts while I slept in the airport. Yeah, which honestly I you know, I was prepared for it was going to be rough, but I like it wouldn't have been super weird to me had we done that cuz I feel like that's something that our family has done in the past because we've flown standby a lot for our trips cuz uh, my mom works for the airline and so a lot of times we get standby flights. The, it's really hard to schedule and sometimes some members of the family go on one flight and other people end up other places and so there have been times where we've had to overnight in an airport like that that would have been my first time so i was kind of looking forward to it just for the experience but also right. i'm not sad that she had the the hotel so we like uh we landed we collected our baggage and we go outside and we start getting on the shuttle and cindy and i are like where are we going and my mom's like to the hotel and we're like <gasps> <laughs> we weren't aware there was a hotel but we it was really nice we ordered doordash and and then the next morning was our flight uh to honolulu which was your Longest flight that you've been on, right? Yep. The second longest flight I've been on was to Boston because I have never left the country. But, um, yeah, it was Boston was like four hours and this was like five. So I think it was five hours and one minute. Oh, wow. That's a lot longer than I remembered it being. <laughs> that's I think that's what they it was like supposed to be five hours and 15 minutes. And they're like, we're going to get there a little bit ahead of schedule. So total flight time will be five hours and one minute. And I was, I don't know why I remember that. but <laughs> I thought like flying in was so cool because you could see the islands out the window. Right. That was awesome. Yeah. Also, I'd never been in a plane before that had like the two aisles. Yeah, it was, it was bigger than most of the other flights that we take uh, coming out of Salt Lake City. Yeah, because I don't think they really like have very many domestic planes that are that big. Like it's normally like the international flights. That go across oh, right. the ocean. Yeah, that was how big the flight was uh, when I went to um, China. Zhongguo. <laughs> and, um, but that was like a 10, 11 hour flight out of Seattle from Seattle to Beijing. But it was like that same size plane. Yeah. But I was very glad that it was only half that flight. Just a, enough time to watch a couple movies and take a nap. Yeah. I, like, got into the show, like, the last hour or two of the flight, and then I, like, couldn't finish it. I still don't really know. You were telling me about that show. I know it had Hugh Grant in it. Yes, it did. And it was about... Oh, okay, okay. I remember. Okay. It eight? was about... I want to see if I can get it right. Okay. It was about a woman who found out that her man... Her husband was having an affair, and the husband, the girl who he was having an affair with, got murdered? Yeah, a little out of order. But, like, okay. basically, <laughs> like, this woman, and that kind of gives away a little bit of the twist in, like, the first episode, or the second episode, I can't remember. But it's not, like, super huge. Anyway, this woman, she's, like, a therapist in New York, and her husband's a doctor, and then they send their kid to, like, this fancy private school and one of the moms at the school gets murdered and then she finds out that woman was like having an affair with her husband and where's and her husband's like the lead suspect in the case 
It's HBO's The Undoing, and I thought it was very good. I got online afterwards, and I saw a bunch of mixed reviews for it, and I was like, really? Like, I thought it was good, but I don't know. Maybe I just have bad taste or something. Yeah. Uh, jumping ahead to the end of our trip, you binge-watched the rest of the show. Yes. On the return flight. Yes. Even though it was a red eye. <laughs> yes. And I did. I, like, regretted that a lot. <laughs> the, the oh, yeah. The day we got in, I ended up taking a five-hour nap on my parents' couch. Oh, I'll be talking about the nap that you took in the Los Angeles airport. <laughs> Stay tuned, <laughs> listeners. It's a funny story. Okay. Um, but, on, oh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, like, once we flew in, we, like, went to our resort, which was, like, super dope. And Josh stayed up in the room to, like, work on some homework. And I ended up, like, going out in the ocean. And one of the things about Hawaii that I was not prepared for is that there are, like, a bunch of rocks at least on Oahu there are a bunch of like rocks in the ocean like close to the uh shore and so I ended up finding one of these rocks with my foot and cut More my like foot the open. rock found you sure <laughs> and I ended up like cutting my foot open and that cut took like two weeks to heal like it still is on my foot right now like it it's not it took two weeks to stop hurting when I, like, touched it. Now it's just, like, red, and you can, like, see the line where it was, but it's, like, finally starting to heal. But I think just because, like, we were in the ocean every day, and I kept on getting, like, seawater, and and then all of my sandals laid, like, right on top of it and kept rubbing up against it. I think it got mildly infected. Ew. And, like, not not, like, infected, infected, but just, like... Oh, is that you know, why we had to end up chopping it off? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it just got, like, mildly infected and, like, took a while to heal up, you know? Yeah. Like, I. It got red and swelling. and. Yeah, I felt bad because, like, our whole trip you kept talking about how much your foot was, like, agitating you or irritate, whatever the word is. Yeah, like, about two or three days into the trip, I was, like, seriously thinking, like, debating, like, do I need to go to urgent care and get this checked out right now? Because, like, it was it was scaring me for a little bit, but I've had blood poisoning before. I know what it looks like, and it never got close. So, okay. we were good. I think, aren't there some, like, corals that are toxic or poisonous or whatever that if they, like, cut you or whatever, there's barbs that can, like, trigger a reaction or something, so. I think so. Maybe I, that's what it was. Maybe. I don't know. The world may never know. Yeah. I was just going to say if anything knows anything about the rocks off the shore of, of the Waikiki Hilton, Beach of the Hilton Waikiki Resort. Let me know. <laughs> Hit me up. Maybe it was the same stingray that got uh, Steve Irwin. He got your foot. <laughs> it wasn't a stingray. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, I so while you guys went to the beach, which was like right after we checked into our hotel room, which was like a 35-story tower, literally on the beach. And we were on like the 33rd floor. And so we had beautiful views out across the ocean. And then we could see up the mountain on the other side. Um, we could see the Diamond Head State Park from where we were. And so you, we all checked into the room and you all were like, well, we're, we are going to go to dinner in a little bit. So before that, we're all just going to go uh, hang out at the beach for like an hour or two hours or something. And I I was very stressed because 
I had a lot of work to do for the programming class I was going on because we left on the 5th. We didn't get back till the 16th. And then I had my finals the 17th. And so I was like, okay, 11 days outside of class. I need to do at least some studying. I had a lot of projects to do. And so like at the beginning of the trip, like that that night that we stayed in the LA airport, I got a lot of work done. Then that day when they all went to the beach just the first night, I got more work done. And so then I was pretty much good up until like the very end. And I did a little bit more binge work for that programming class. And then I was set to take the final on the 17th. But then after they came back, then we all went to dinner. And uh, there was the resort that we were staying at had lots of like restaurants and shops and stuff at the bottom. And one of them was like a New York style deli that we were able to get sandwiches. And that was really cool. It was also one of the few reasonably priced locations. Right. (laughs) Establishments. (laughs) Yeah. And we ended up like, I mean, like this is a resort with like three or four towers that are all like 30 plus stories tall that all have people that are all like trying to eat there. And like, that deli, like everywhere had a line and you needed a reservation. So we stood in line for this deli and we finally get seated and we like walk out to this table that's kind of in the middle of the clearing. And there's this like grumpy old couple like sitting at the table. And <laughs> the waiter was like, um, like I'm seating this table. I need you to stand up. And they're like, no, we're, like we're just sitting down. I don't know exactly. I think they were trying to save the st- save the table for oh, yeah. their family that was in line for a different restaurant. Oh yeah, they're like we're saving the table and they're like, "Okay, well, this is a table that goes to our establishment, so I need you to move. Like I'm <laughs> seating the table." And they gave him so much attitude and like I used to work in a restaurant and I cannot imagine like <laughs> I would have been so done with them, but they like finally got them to move and they were like, oh, you know, like very uh interesting i didn't think that hawaii would be the place that i would have to fight a tacky old couple for sitting down (laughs) tacky uh the tacky khakis like you don't walk into olive garden and be like and take a table and like oh no i'm saving this i know i'm like two hours like i know it's a two-hour wait but like i'm gonna save this table for me like you don't you don't do that that's tacky Right. But the food was delicious. It was. It was amazing. Uh, I had a pastrami burger, I think. I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah. On to day three. Day three was like North Shore Day, I think. And we like. Oahu. Yeah. And we drove up like through the middle of the island to the Dole Plantation. And I had the best Dole Whip that I've ever had in my life. I think it might have come straight from heaven. That's that's God's Dole Whip. <laughs> were the ones that you had at Disneyland not as good? They were good, but like that one was like the di- ones at Disneyland were great. This one was just like heavenly. Gotcha. Like it was in a, a whole other league. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish all of our listeners could see the. <laughs> Uh, arm movements and like the facial expressions the city's making right now. She's just like, praise Jesus with that dull whip. (laughs) (laughs) That was really fun. We we went on the Pineapple Express, which was like a little train that took us all around the plantation. And John, if you're listening, pineapples do grow on bushes. (laughs) Or 
And not trees. Yeah, he was convinced that pineapples grow on trees, and we were like in line for the train, and there are these pods coming up out of the ground with pineapples on them, and we're like, see, look at those. And he's like, no, those ones are fake. Those are just display. They're like plastic. And so then we like took the train, and you could see rows and rows and rows and rows for miles of these pineapple like coming up out of the ground. And they you're listening to the train, and they're talking about how they will like dig up the ground and leave it like bare for a year and then they'll plant these bushes and how it takes like 18 months to 24 months or whatever for a pineapple to grow we got off the thing and he was like nope pineapples still grow on trees <laughs> like you can't convince mm. me but it was really cool they had this garden that we walked through and you could see all the hibiscus trees and uh, all of these different plants and they had they were growing all sorts of produce there cacao mango banana like all sorts of and it was really cool to see all of that yeah after that we chased some turtles <laughs> okay yeah. we did not chase turtles but we went to um lania laniakea beach i probably just butchered that really bad but it's known for its sea turtles you got to say it with confidence then they won't laniakea i can't say it with confidence because i know i'm butchering it and i feel bad <laughs> Um, I tried to look up how to say it and I couldn't find like a place that like really did. Yeah. This is the one I struggle the most with. There were two beaches that we went to that have like similar names. There was this one, <laughs> La Niakea, and then there was another one that was Lanakai. Lanakai, yeah. And we and they were kind of on different sides of the island. One is on Complete like the opposite north sides. shore, the other's on like the south, like east, I think. Yeah. And so we're coming out of the Dole Plantation, which is probably only like ten minutes from the North Shore. And they had put in Lanakai Beach into the GPS, which was taking us an hour away. <laughs> so anyways, that, that was, was but we, we did end up going to there were a couple different spots right along the North Shore that we spent like the rest of our day in. And like Sid was saying, right on that beach were a lot of turtles. And we were yeah. really excited to get there around one o'clock because that was supposed to be prime turtle time where they come up out of the water because I think they're supposed to feed in the morning and they come up onto the beach to cool themselves off or digest or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, like Josh was saying, there are a bunch of sea turtles that like come up on the beach and they have to have a guy there that like, I think it's a job or something or like a volunteer position. And he, like he said he had like the one to four shift and they have to tell people like, stay away from the sea turtles, like stop chasing them, let them come up onto the beach because like they need to go up to like, be in the sun to digest the food or something i don't know and like everyone is like oh my gosh turtle and like starts chasing them right because that beach is known for their turtles and yeah there were some people out in the water that were surrounding turtles there were some turtles that had come up on the beach and people weren't letting them go back in the water yeah those poor guys just want to live their lives right just want to be a turtle but there were probably like half a dozen maybe 10 turtles that were in the water kind of along like 100 yards of beach that you could tell they were like coming close to the sand but there were so many people out there trying to like get pictures and stuff that they wouldn't and the guy was getting really frustrated he's just like everybody move like let them come out they're wanting to come out out of the beach and if anyone would have done that then the turtles would have come out and everyone would have been able to get better pictures of them power to that guy because Probably the worst type of people on earth are tourists. They are so obnoxious and it's all about the picture. Right. Says the tourist. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was our mission 
to go to Hawaii and tell off all of the tourists because we weren't one of them and we didn't contribute to the problem at all. I'm not like other girls. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I did try to listen to the guy. And we had a conversation with him. He was pretty cool. But yeah. Anyways. And that was just the first of many times that we had up-close encounters with sea turtles throughout the trip. Yeah. Actually, the next thing we did was we went snorkeling in Shark's Cove. This was my first time snorkeling, and it was super cool. But, like, right as we were, like, getting out, someone was like, a turtle! And so I, like, they were kind of following it. And so I, like, got in the water with my snorkel gear and, like, walked out to see what they were talking about. Or not walked, but, like, swam. And sure enough, there was a turtle. But that was, like... Honestly, like, Shark's Cove was, like, one of my favorite places that we snorkeled. We snorkeled a lot on the trip, and that one was one of my favorites. There was a lot of fish, and I don't know, maybe it was just because it was my first time, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Right. It was (laughs) really awesome. Uh, I liked how um, that one was a little bit different, because the other places that we went snorkeling was more like a bay or a beach, but that one, there were, like, really deep spots where you could see fish right below you, but then there was lots of spots, even if you swam really far away from the beach, that there were rocks and stuff that you could swim up on and take a break, which was nice for me because my eyes would start stinging and I need a break. And so like that time, like I could like get up on rocks and take my mask off and like uh, let my eyes like water out. But there were some of the other times where I was really far from the beach, my eyes would start stinging. I'd like freak out because I'm like, I have to swim all the way back to the beach before mm-hmm. I can like fix this problem. And it was really scary because I couldn't see anything. Yeah. But that I, was it really took, cool. Oh, sorry. Just because there were it, like caves and tunnels and stuff where all this fish was coming out. There were huge schools of fish and like eel looking things and uh, just stuff that I can't even name. It took me like a solid 10 minutes just to figure out how the snorkel gear worked. Because I, like, kept on, like, looking forward instead of looking down. And so my snorkel gear had this safety thing on it where it would close if it was, like, tilted up. Just so that, like, you wouldn't get water in it when you, like, went underwater. But it meant that it I couldn't breathe for a little while. <laughs> and it took me a while to get used to. But it was so cool. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, we got a really cute kind of silly photo of us like sitting up on the rock because we had like those waterproof bags that we could put our phones in. And my sister was taking photos of us uh, like diving in the water. And so Sid and I are like sitting up on the rock and we like are squinting and we have like the masks pressed up against our face. So it's just a funny And I'm picture. making a dumb face with my mouth. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, We ended up taking this really cool hike to a lagoon that has like a waterfall in it um and that was so cool yeah yeah just like right there it was <laughs> I don't know. only you know it was a very short drive away from that shark's cove it's called like waimea falls waimea yeah waimea uh, yeah Y-E-Mea. it was really Wana-Hakaluki. cool i thought that was like one of the coolest hikes i've ever been on well it, it may have been the coolest hike i've ever been on i mean how many hikes can you say ended in a waterfall and a lagoon that you can swim in um not many i'm nope. i'm there might be one i don't think so like the adams canyon ends in a waterfall with like a very very shallow like pool that you can walk in but you can't swim in it at all but this was like eh. a 30 foot deep like pool lagoon thing with like really dark water it was really cool they had life jackets to go swim out there and 
We, it was really cool. <laughs> it was freezing. Yeah. What was funny is that we were all out there and there were there was this lady out there with a phone taking pictures where you swim all the way across the water to the waterfall. And she was taking pictures for some other people. And my parents asked her, like, will you take a picture of us and then text it to us? And she was like, yeah, no problem. And then they ended up finding out that they they live in the same town in Utah. Yep. But they're just like a couple blocks away from each other. And it's like, what? <laughs> a, what a coincidence. Yeah, that was a crazy coincidence. But I also feel like a lot of Utahns vacation in Hawaii. Like, I don't know why. Well, I we just... are like closer, I guess, to L.A., it's like it's like not as long of a flight like as the East Coast, right? Yeah. Like for them, it would be a lot longer and probably more expensive of a flight just to get to Hawaii. Yeah. Well, we ended up going to this place called Ted's Bakery, and Josh's mom was super excited to go because it had a really great pie, and it did have really great pie, but it also had really interesting people. <laughs> yeah. Namely... I actually, I can't say namely because I don't know her name. She's just the cat lady. She, like, we got there, like, right about closing, and we got our food, and I had this amazing, like, dolphin fish, mahi-mahi, right? Yeah, mahi-mahi. I was like, while I'm in Hawaii, I'm going to try, like, as much fish and seafood as I can because I love fish and seafood, and I'm, like, right next to it. It's fresh, you know? Yeah. And (laughs) this lady comes and... Was she was like singing to herself or something? Starts digging through the trash can, like I'm trying to find food for my cats. We're like your cats, yes. But um, I ended up giving her the rest of my mahi mahi. I mean, I wasn't gonna finish it and watched then her cross the street to the bus stop. She did a little dance. <laughs> she did a dancing dance. She started yes, throwing she did. her food on like up in the air and. You know what? I aspire to that level More of happiness. More power to her. Yep. She was happy and carefree. <laughs> she waved to us as we drove away. Yep. Just living her best life. She was. And we... And she stayed with us in our hearts the rest of the trip. You best believe she did. <laughs> that was the first time on the trip. Like, I also kind of was intending to have as much seafood um, and fish uh, in Hawaii but I had something called Locomoco for the first time at this Ted's Bakery, which was so good. I ended up having it, I don't know, half a dozen more times. Basically, anytime you saw it on a menu. <laughs> it was so good. Me and Jonathan both uh, loved loved it. He had it even more than I did. There were a couple of times where I, you know, branched off into, you know, something more like convention or not convention. I don't know, whatever. But so what it was is like a big plate of rice with beef patties on it and then fried eggs on top and then gravy and it was so good and anyways it's not super complex but was it good it was so good okay but was it good sit it was so good (laughs) anyway yeah and then we watched the sunset on a beach while i tried to boogie board and was afraid to because it was rocky and i read this book i read this book in the eighth grade that my dad recommended to me that had so many F-bombs in it, but that was half the books that my dad recommended to me. And it was about a, it's called The Wave, I think. And it's about, like, giant waves that for a long time people thought were, like, myths. and But it turns out they're real. And it looked at it from a scientific aspect and, like, a surfer's aspect. And, like, when it talked about, like, the surfing side, 
I always talked about how, like, most of the time, those gigantic waves, like, they'd have to, like, pull you into them, like, via helicopter. And um, they're caused by rocks and, like, big storms. But, like, because the rocks are so close to the surface, they're really dangerous. And so all I kept thinking about was, like, that book and how people would, like, drown from, like, hitting their head on the rocks when they, like, fell off their surfboard. And I was like, I really want a boogie board, but I also really don't want to die. <laughs> right. And I was, I'm going to turn this down a little. I turned it up because I f- remember I forgot to, but now I think it's too loud in my ear. Um, but anyway, I I had never been boogie boarding before. And that was something that you have, since we were dating, have wanted to that and paddle boarding and just other things. Because I honestly, before this trip, I had never really like spent time at the beach or in the ocean. A couple of years ago, I went on a cruise in the Caribbean with my family and did a little bit on the beach there. But other than that, I had not done a ton. And like water sports has never been like a big thing. And so, but that's something that you're, you love. And so you've all, you've been like begging me to like go out and rent paddle boards and go tubing down the rivers and stuff. And anyway, and my siblings had like they packed in like this big backpack full of boogie boards. And so, well, now that I'm thinking about it, I n- we never ended or I never ended up successfully boogie boarding on the trip, even though I tried. Honestly, neither did I. Like I wasn't really finding great waves for boogie boarding. But we tried that night while we were watching the sunset. And my sister was laughing at me because I was like, how do you do? It? I don't know. And we'd see a big wave coming in and I'd panic and I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do it. And I crashed someone's Instagram photo shoot. Oh, right. (laughs) She was having like a very uh, intense time in the water (laughs) with her (laughs) photographer. I know. But I was like, the good waves are over here. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) It's meant to be enjoyed, not taken pictures of. I also had a nice photo shoot when I was like up on the beach. And I was like, you know, I had my hand through my hair, just like joking around because uh, my mom was taking pictures of my sister, and then after I went up, and I was like trying to mock like my sister's poses. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. The next thing we did was the next morning we ended up hiking Diamond Head. I remember when we were when your mom was planning the trip, she was like, "Okay, like what things do you want to do?" And besides nude beaches, the other suggestion that Josh had was actually a good one. <laughs> <laughs> It was hiking this crater, like this volcanic crater. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so dope, volcanoes. And so, I mean, obviously it's like extinct now, but um, you like drive up into the crater and then you can hike to the top and you can look out at the ocean over Honolulu. I almost died on the hike. It was so hot. And steep and humid. Yeah. We the drive yeah it goes up into the crater and then you go from the bottom of like the caldera up to like the outer rim and it was only what like a mile and a half round trip. I'll look it up right now. Or something. It wasn't like super long, but the entire way up was stairs basically, and it was super hot, super humid, middle of the day. Only a select few of us managed to make the hike, but it was one point eight miles. Okay, gotcha. I'm adding it to my completed list on all trails. <laughs> awesome. And, but it was beautiful. There was this really cool part where as we like got close to the top, we hiked like through the mountain in this really dark tunnel for 
I don't know, 100 yards. And then we got to the top and there was this, it kind of looked like a, like an abandoned military fort up there. But we found out later that it was like a fire, like wildfire control station. Something like that. It was a, like a fire right. thing. There was like a, like some. Oh, Jesus, it's a bar. <laughs> I didn't grab no shoes or nothing. <laughs> uh, there was, and as we were coming back down, there was this uh, kind of walkway that jutted out from the mountain a little bit. Right next to this big metal like crankshaft thing. That probably was to, we thought it was for like a chairlift or something. We couldn't really tell. Honestly, the first time walking up, I thought it was a cannon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, still, I'm entirely unsure what it was, but it was like in pieces. But we, I had uh, told my family as we were hiking this trail, I hope there's a geocache because it'd be really cool to add Hawaii to the like badges. Uh, every time you find a geocache in a new state, it gives you like that badge. Uh, award on your profile so I'm like it would be really cool to find one here there's like tons just everywhere and I found there I looked there were two that I looked for on the this trail at Diamond Head one was right near the top uh, on the like that outer rim and I looked for it for a couple minutes couldn't find it and I kind of stopped because it was heavily trafficked and usually when you're looking for geocaches you don't really want to look for it in heavy traffic because if there's someone who picks it up that doesn't know what a geocache is they could throw it away, take it home, you know, whatever. And then that ruins the game for everyone else who wants to look for that. And so then we found, but then I that other th- walkway that jutted out with like that big metal crank was supposed to have one. And me and Jonathan spent a while looking there. We like uh, just kind of stood there and took pictures for people. And when they left, we kept looking and I found it. It was like a magnet uh, tube that was stuck, stuck to the bottom, like on the inside. And it was really cool. Yeah. We spent the afternoon. We didn't really do much that afternoon. Josh like took a test or something, and I like took a nap. But then your mom like got us reservations, or no, not a reservation, but she got us on the list for this place called Dukes. Apparently, it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> their pie was amazing, and their food was pretty dang good too. Yeah, I had two of the best burgers of my life on this trip, and the first. One was at this Duke's restaurant on Waikiki Beach. Mm-hmm. It was pretty incredible. But we the once we had our names down, it was still like a two hour wait. Three. Three hour wait. Mm-hmm. And but we got seated after four. Wow. Well, technically we got seated after three and a half, but then it started raining on us and they set us by the pool by ourselves. Outside. Outside. In the rain. Yeah, like completely separate from the restaurant. It was really weird. Yeah. And then we were like, it's raining on us. Will you take us inside? And they sat us again outside in the rain. Well, we came in. <laughs> they were like, we were outside and they said it was raining. We we're like, can we get a different table? And we came in and there were and there were tables available. And they said, well, there are other people before you. And it was really confusing because we should be seated. And then they brought us in. And then we had to wait for, like, they put us back on the list, basically. And so then we had to wait again until they could put us at a new table and then they took us right back outside. But luckily, didn't rain while we were eating. When we were close to the end of our meal, it sprinkled a little bit. But yeah, And we were right next to the live musicians and that guy's voice was mm, beautiful. <laughs> it, was, it was a very... And the sun had gone down and the whole outside was just lit by tiki torches. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. 
I was going to mention that as we were uh, before we went into the uh, restaurant to get seated that we kind of walked along the sidewalk trying to look for shops next to the beach and there are all of these kind of corner stores called the ABC store and we ended up going into like a dozen in a row <laughs> at least like five for sure and then like after like two or three it kind of became like a joke like how many ABC stores can we go into because like, they're all essentially the same. The yeah. <laughs> they're like identical, but each time we went into one, we found something that we hadn't noticed in the one before. Yeah. And, and so we so ended up we making purchases yeah. in each one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was cool. The next day, we ended up going. Um, we couldn't get on the movie tour. Like, everything in Hawaii is, like, still, they're very cautious about opening up after the pandemic. And so a lot of things were, like, by reservation only, and we missed the movie tour, which was kind of sad. But your mom still took us to some of the places that, like, movies had been filmed at. And one of those, I guess, was um, Fifty First Dates and Jurassic World. I have seen neither of those movies, but The Lookout was gorgeous. What was it? was called the Halona Blowhole Lookout. Yeah, it, it's on the other side of Hamana Bay. Hanama Bay. Hanama Bay, kind of around the corner. And there's this really high cliff, and down below there's these rocks that jet out into the ocean, and as big rough waves come in, they like come into these like undersea tunnels and caves, and it pushes all the water up out, and it like looks like a like a whale's blowhole, like when it like reaches the surface, kind of shoot out into the sky. Kind of reminded me of like the Thor's butthole or whatever in <laughs> Oregon. Thor's well. That. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was called. <laughs> you okay there? Yeah, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Reminded you of a similar like rock formation in Oregon yeah. called Thor's Well. <sighs> I couldn't remember what it was called. I thought you were just like... Meaning like Thor from like the MCU. <laughs> like it reminded me of Thor's butthole. I have not seen Thor's butthole. Okay. I just thought you were meant like, you know, some like mighty, like big person. Like that's with the force that, you know, s- you know, fluid <laughs> would emerge. From. Okay. This conversation is very quickly deteriorating and we need to stop. <laughs> okay. But yeah, we did see uh, on our honeymoon we had a road trip from uh, Seattle down to San Francisco and along the Oregon coast. We stopped and saw a couple like very similar geological formations. Yep. I was actually thinking the same thing, but just the way that you said it, like <laughs> totally threw me off. <laughs> yeah. And so after that, we ended up driving to um, this place called Valley of the Temples. And there's a Buddhist temple inside. It's a cemetery. And there's a Buddhist temple inside the cemetery. And I remember your mom, like, kept on asking me to look it up or something. And I, like, looked it up. And it's like, reserve your plot now. And I was like, um, Josh, where is she taking us? And even as we were driving in, there was, like, a mortuary. Yeah. And it's like, we're driving and it's, like, all of these uh, headstones and memorials and stuff. And But as we drove up the hill and around, then, like, behind, like, this river or something, like, behind, like, these like trees kind of like hidden was this buddhist temple and it was really awesome so cool have you ever been to a buddhist temple before um 
church. I've been to a Hindu temple. Not a Buddhist one, though. That was... That was a really cool experience. No, I've been to a Buddhist temple. I went to one in New York City. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like the big one in Chinatown. Oh, I didn't know there was one in Chinatown. Yeah, it's like huge. I can't remember what it's called right now. Is it on Canal Street? Yeah. It's like um at the... Not like the end, but like kind of by Manhattan, the Manhattan Bridge area, okay. like where the Manhattan Bridge like starts and you like get on it. Okay. Is like, it in like the two bridges area in between that and the Brooklyn Bridge or is it on the other side? Um, It's like literally like right next, like, you know, where like um Confucius Plaza is. Yeah. Um, Like right there. Oh, gotcha. Um, Like a couple blocks from my apartment in New York. Mahayana Temple. Okay. Mahayana Temple. It's on Bowery and like the Manhattan Bridge Street. Okay. I had been to a few when I was living in China. I think either one or a couple in Beijing and then a few in Harbin, which is the area of China. It's like the most northeastern province right next to Russia. And... I can't remember which one uh, I was. I went in, but there was one that had like a very similar building as this one that we went in in Hawaii, with the Buddha in the middle of it. And as you go in, you take your shoes off and um, you take the incense and you put it in the like smoking pot. But the one that I went in in China, it was like a five-story building made out of like concentric s- square, not circles, but like. Or not concentric squares, but like stacked, like square stories. And throughout the whole center of these squares was the Buddha statue. So when you're on the base floor, you can only see like his toes and like up his shins. And you have to like climb the stairs to go all the way to the top to see like the top of the statue. That's so cool. Yeah. And then there was another really big one, but was outside. And he had like the, like the symbol of peace on his chest and he like had his hands open and it was really awesome. Yeah. So as an animal lover, I have been trying for years, basically my entire life, to get a bird to land in my hand. And I have been unsuccessful for years up until this day. We like... Turns out the trick so- is don't get bird food to feed to the birds. Get fish food. They have this massive like koi pond at this at the Buddha temple and... Josh and his brothers figured out that, like, if you buy the fish food from the gift shop and then you put it in your hand, the birds will come and eat it out of your hand. And I finally got a bird to land in my hand and let me pet it while it ate out of my hand. So I'm basically a Disney princess now. Yeah, they had these tiny little sparrows and these doves that were there. It was awesome. It was really cool. I just fulfilled a childhood dream of mine. Right there. After that, we drove uh, around the mountain to this lookout. It's called the Pani or Pali. It's called the Pali Lookout. And it's the historic site of the, let me see if I can say this, Nu'uanu battle, where King Kamehameha I like, united Oahu under Hawaii's rule. And anyway, it's this really like like site basically on the top of the mountain and you look down the slope and into the valley of, I guess, Honolulu. Okay, real quick editing note. The site actually overlooked the Windward 
or northeast side of Oahu, not the Honolulu side, um, out to the ocean. But since we are the mountain sides kind of funnel like towards and up, all of the sea wind just comes through the whole island right to you. So the winds were the strongest I've ever been in in my entire life. You could basically like look out over the edge of the cliff and put your arms out and be leaning over at like a 45 degree angle and the winds would like keep you up. That's exaggerated, obviously, but... It's not too far off, though. <laughs> yeah. It, like, I mean, it was already kind of stormy that and, like, a little windy that day. But, man, it was very windy right there. Yeah, you could, like, jump up and it would, like, push you, like, a couple feet back. Yeah. I mean, the historical significance of the site was really cool. But after about three minutes, I was, like, I'm done. <laughs> my face, like, like, felt like it was tightening on my cheeks and, like, all my skin was like i don't know how to describe like how that felt but apparently during that battle king kamehameha and his men pushed like they they trapped the uh opposing army like against the cliff and they just like kept pressing forward until all the men were basically forced to like fall off the cliff they included a very graphic mural of or picture of that as well at the site yeah anyways after that, we decided to drive across the island to this place called Electric Beach. Um, Which was another really cool snorkeling site that we... Yeah, it was right next to a power plant, <laughs> hence the name Electric Beach. Yeah. <laughs> and it had some really cool snorkeling. I think it's what made it really cool was that the um, power plant had a cooling pipe that uh, expelled the like seawater back into the ocean. And so that outtake or outlet water um, coming from the plant was several degrees warmer than the ocean water. And so it's pumping out all this warm water and it's attracting all of this sea life. And so it ended up being really cool. We ended up seeing more turtles out there, at least one or two more. I don't remember seeing a turtle. I think you had gone back in or something, but I went out with John. Oh, yeah. After I got pushed in to shore and had a lot of sand shoved up the bottom of my swimsuit i was like i think i need a break from the ocean yeah like i sat i sat in the shore just kind of like sitting in the water like trying to pull it out of like my swimsuit bottom but like it was so much sand (laughs) i don't even know i think we get the image okay (laughs) yeah and there was there was a place kind of up on the rocks Uh, Because where we had, like, put our blanket and our bags down was, like, up on this grassy area. And then there were rocks that went down that you had to climb down to get to the beach. And so, like, up on the rocks, we kind of walked over and we could see all of these crabs that were climbing up the rocks and stuff. We could almost just reach down and grab them, but it was too scary. I would not recommend that. (laughs) It reminded me of this time where this uh, one of my friends that I uh, met when I was living in Brooklyn in New York... Uh, told me like, oh, I left some food for you um, that I picked up from the market at the church. And so we went and we picked up and we took it back to our apartment and we just had this grocery bag and we set it on our kitchen table. And a couple of minutes later, the bag started moving and uh, we go and open it up and it's just these blue soft-shelled crabs just alive. Like they start nipping at us and we're like, oh man, they were really angry. And so we like looked up, okay, how do we like, what do we do with these? Found out that you just steam them. So we just threw them in the pot, 
put as much seasoning as we could on them and just steamed them alive. <laughs> that's yep. just we saw a lot of those crabs like up on the rocks and. Okay, that night though, I had maybe the best burger of my life. Yeah. It they made the bun out of poi, like this, uh, like taro paste, and it was purple. It was a purple bun, you guys, and it was delicious. It's like basically like a potato bun. Like you think of like potato bagels or like potato bread where it's like really light and fluffy. Um, I mean, that's basically what this was, but like purple. Yeah. Um, let me look up because poi is a very important food, like historically, traditionally in Hawaii. And a lot of the food that we had was actually made of poi. And it's made from breadfruit, taro, plantain, and did they say rice? I can't remember. But it's like this pasty stuff that they can make bread and stuff. And they were telling us when we went to the cultural center that poi has like almost all essential nutrients in it. And so like, and it can survive for a long time. And that that's how like Polynesian people get so big is that the poi has a lot of nutrients that the body just stores very easily. Yep. So that was super cool. And then we went back. The next day we went to Lanakai Beach which was the beach that we started going to when we were on the North Shore right. and had to turn around to. And it was really pretty, and I got to read my book on the beach, which is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I went snorkeling for a little bit there, um, and then after I kind of took a nap on the beach, and then we took some pictures. But we spent a long time on that beach because um, we had tickets to Pearl Harbor that day, and it was for like, what, 3.30? Yeah. And we thought that like they were tickets to get into the uh, National Park because that's kind of how most things were because of COVID that you had to like reserve your time to go in. Um, and so after the beach, we go to uh, Pearl Harbor and we find out that the tickets are just for the ferry from uh, the shore to the USS Arizona Memorial. And... And then after that, it closed at, what, five? Yep. <laughs> and so... So we spent like 45 minutes on the USS Arizona, which was such a um, sobering experience and really cool. And then we went back and we had 45 minutes to explore the rest of it, which was not nearly enough. Yeah. But it was still awesome. Yeah, I... That's something that I have always... Like, I remember learning about the attack on Pearl Harbor in elementary school, and my I went home and told my mom about it, and she told me about the memorial that's above the water where you can see the sunken ship below you, mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe it. And so then, like, standing out there, and you can see the, like, the deck of the ship, you know, just a couple feet below the surface, and know that that's, there's, like over 900 men that were trapped in there because the attack came and it sunk so fast that, and like they couldn't get him out. And well, if there, like in total, there was almost 2000 men that died that day. And yeah, it was just very interesting to think that like you could see like the ship and just right on the other side of that sheet of metal, like how many men are like still in there. That's a very yeah. somber experience. And what was, really kind of neat was that um i was reading how many survivors of the uss arizona crew 
have chosen that after they pass away that their remains would be returned to the ship to rejoin their the crew members that they that were lost that day and so there are uh, several at this point that their cremated remains scuba divers will take them in and they'll drop them into the ship so that they'll rejoin their crew yeah I mean, Pearl Harbor was so cool. I feel like we could do a whole episode on that in itself. Yeah. but It's definitely something I want to go... Like, if we go back... Or when we go back to Hawaii, I definitely want to spend more time there. Because there was the USS um, Missouri that um, I would really like to spend time. Uh, the submarine that was docked in Pearl Harbor. There's USS like a museum. Utah. That one was closed. Right. But I think those are like... The two ships that still remain in the harbor. So the next day we spent in Laie, which is also on the North Shore, but on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yes, we did. Heck yes, we did. And Dang we... straight we did. <laughs> Dang straight we did. But that's what I just said. Heck yes, we did. <laughs> Anyways, we went to the Polynesian Cultural Center. Um, super cool. Lots of great food. Lots of great shopping. Lots and, of great entertainment. Yes. And that was super awesome because um, it's connected to BYU-Hawaii, which is a university out there. And they try to make um, college accessible to as many of, like, the Polynesian cultures. And, like, especially they give um, priority to, like, Asians and Pacific Islanders. And, um, like, working at the Polynesian Cultural Center is the way that they like help fund that is um like people from the islands come and they work and they teach people about their culture and then they get free education yeah it was really cool i we met a lot of people there from all over uh french polynesia is it all french polynesia or is it just polynesia well anyways there was um there were friends that we met there uh that represented i guess didn't represent they were from tahiti um, Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, New Zealand, and of course Hawaii. I feel like we're leaving someone out. There's six, right? No, I, there, I, there's seven, weren't there? Seven villages? Well, anyway, in the Polynesian Cultural Center, there were, um, it was kind of set up like a park, but really like authentic historical, um, replica, replicas of buildings and villages and stuff. And each village represented a different, uh, nation in in Polynesia and so there was Hawaii, Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, Tahiti, New Zealand. I can't remember what the Maori name for New Zealand is. It started with an A. It was like Aotearoa or something. I'm just gonna google it right now. Okay and I'll, I'll see if there's any other villages we're missing. Well I'm already there. Tonga, Tahiti, Samoa, Fiji, Aotearoa. I know that's not how it's pronounced. Aotearoa. Aotearoa. Fiji and Hawaii. Oh, I was wrong. You weren't missing one. You covered them all. Oh, okay. I just can't count. Yeah, and I learned a lot about the different cultures. It was super cool. Yeah. I did not get to eat drink out of a coconut because by the time we went there, they were all out, but I did get to ride in a canoe. That was really cool. We they have these canoe. They're like kind of like big, wide canoe. It was like right. It was like two canoes with like benches that went across 
them. It's like and they the had, um like the islander boats, kind of like Moana when they have like you know like the two right. boats and and we we sat in the front and there was an employee that stood on the back and he pushed us with like the long stick. I don't know what the name of it is, but he that's how we got around the whole canal was him pushing from the back and each time we had to go underneath a walkway he like had to duck like all the way down <laughs> so it didn't knock him into the water yep. but we were the only two on the boat and we were super far ahead of him so as he was talking to us we had to turn all the way back and we basically had to shout to each other yeah but he told us about all the villages and then we also went to each one and uh there were live demonstrations and performances and shows and food to try from everywhere dances and yeah um yeah the whole shebang and then we went to a buffet towards the end of the night and after that we went to a really big show that was like a conglomeration of all of the cultures and uh performances that we had seen in a very beautiful storytelling kind of way and it was it made me cry like honestly i cried at least four times throughout the show yeah you did (laughs) Because I'm a baby. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but just kidding. I'm just I'm doing the hard work for you. Yeah, I'm basically a statue. So, and uh, we had bought a couple bat or a couple super well, a few souvenirs at the gift shop at the Polynesian Cultural Center, but we had left it in the big not arena. What's it called? Like a theater? Amphitheater. Amphitheater. We had left it under our seats, and then we were driving home, and it was you know dark. And we had been driving home for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. minutes. And Sid goes, oh, shoot, did you grab the bag? And I was like, no. And so my dad turned around and drove back. And there was no one at the cultural center. We were able to track down one security guard. He took us back there. And he's like radioing the other security guards. And they're like, well, they might have taken it to Lost and Found in the customer service. But they're closed. And so... If you come back tomorrow morning, we might be able to look for it. But in the morning, we were taking our flight to the big island, Kona on the big island. So we're like, we we can't because we have a flight. And so they were stressed out. We were stressed out. And then he kind of looks over to the side and there was like a baby seat like over across the aisle from where we had been sitting originally. And there's a bag and he's like, is this it? And he opens it up and we're like, yes. <laughs> Lo and behold, there were our t-shirts. Our t-shirts and our salt and pepper shakers yeah (laughs) when we were first dating we took a vacation down to zion's national park with my family and we went into this like antique shop in hurricane and we found these really cool antique salt and pepper shakers we're like oh my gosh these would be so cool for our apartment when we finally move in together and then we like brought them home a couple months later we got married and moved in and then we realized that they're missing the plugs in the bottom that keep the salt and pepper together so in the 10 months that we've been married we have not had salt and pepper shakers and it is not a fun time but now we do yeah and i just washed them out yesterday and i i was looking at them because they're identical except for one has two holes on the top and the other has three holes on the top yep so i'm like obviously the three holes is for the pepper because pepper has three peas in it and the two holes is for salt because salt is too salty I was just thinking, like, longer word, more holes. Shorter word, less holes. It's basically what I said, but, like, you know, the more dumbed-down version. 
Yeah, dumb downs, right? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm so mean to you. I'm sorry. Okay. Next day, we took our flight to Kona. Oh, and there boy. was a bird in the airport. I've never seen that before, but I thought that was pretty dope. And I took a little video of him. That's all I wanted to say about the bird. But Wait, that was... I thought... Oh, yeah, you're right. Because we... How did... We, we ended up there before our family, right? Yes, because our bags like were already um, like checked in, and they had to check theirs, and so we like gotcha. all we had to do was like sign in on the kiosk, and it like printed our things, and then you like they had to stand in this huge long line to get their bags checked, and so while okay. you were off getting some breakfast, getting some breakfast, I was chasing around the bird with a camera. I remember that because when you were, I was thinking back, and I'm like, no, when you saw the. Excuse me. I was thinking when you saw the bird in the airport, that was when it was just me and you in the airport. And so it had to have been when we were flying home. And then I remembered, oh, wait, no, it was just me and you. And then our parents my, or the rest of our family caught up to us. So, yeah. But we flew in to Kona on the big island. And this is a crazy story. We were immediately <laughs> issued a lockdown quarantine order by the governor of Hawaii. Because we had traveled inter-county, so from Oahu to Hawaii, uh, without a COVID test 72 hours before, which we thought you only needed a test 72 hours before you flew into Hawaii. So we were tested in Utah right before we flew to Honolulu, and we stayed in Honolulu a week, and we weren't aware that you needed another one before you flew into Hawaii, even though like that restriction was lifted three days after we made that flight. Yeah. And so we, I, I mean, you can have, explain what happened after that. I have a little beef with the state of Hawaii because uh, apparently you have to be vaccinated in Hawaii or you had to be vaccinated in Hawaii for it to count. And I don't understand what's so much better about the vaccines in Hawaii than in Utah. We had our vaccination <laughs> but, cards with us and everything. We're yep. fully vaccinated, but apparently they like don't care. The vaccines are superior on that state, I guess. Maybe we should have waited and gotten vaccinated in Hawaii if they're that much better, you know, but. So we sat in the airport <laughs> for, for a, a while, while looking for somewhere that was doing COVID testing. And there are like three places on the entire island that actually do the testing. But when we flew in, it was a Saturday, so most of them were closed. And like the ones that I could find appointments for were like. You can get a just a regular test, not a rapid test, done on Sunday. So if you're lucky, your results will come before your flight out back to Utah. Because <laughs> we got in Saturday, and we were flying home Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we were just going to spend a couple more days in Kona. And But my I think my mom found one clinic, and she explained the situation, and they said, you know what, we have some tests that we can give you if you come in right now. And so we went in. And we were talking to them on the phone, and they said, uh, we can do the test for you now. We'll be closed the weekend. We'll get you the tests by Monday afternoon or something. And at least you'll have that time from Monday until Tuesday night to enjoy your time on Kona. Otherwise, the rest of the time will be locked in. And then the doctor said, you know what? I will take your samples, and I will fly them to Oahu, where they have more laboratories, and I will get the results and I'll bring them back if you pay for our flights. And so we were like, oh, perfect. And my parents bought his airfare to Oahu that night 
And he was able to get us the test results by four o'clock the next morning. Yep. But in the meantime, we were still quarantined in our hotel and they were like serious about it. I mean, coronavirus is a very serious illness and it is not something you should mess around with. But like they had security guards outside our doors and everything. Yeah. Like they, you know, the state of Hawaii is not messing around and good for them. Yeah. That was the (laughs) only time during the whole pandemic that I was was like issued a quarantine order. I was issued a quarantine order at the very beginning of the pandemic, like right as everything was shutting down because my roommate came back from London with coronavirus. And so I was quarantined for two weeks, but it was like before anyone, it was went back when like everything was first, like, I mean, literally the day that they were like shutting things down. And, you know, back when we thought the virus would only last two weeks, you know, (laughs) So, yeah. That night, we watched the first episode of Loki with my brother, and he was super excited. And that's when You were super excited. You were super excited. It was kind of nice. Like, we had been, like, going and going and going the whole trip, and we got to see, like, a lot of things, but, like, I was not sad. (laughs) Like, you know, we just had, like, an afternoon and, like, an evening to relax. And so then... Because we got our results so early, we were able to, like, get up and go. And we went to the other side of the island to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, which was the one thing that I was so excited for in Hawaii. And Kilauea Volcano, that volcano has been erupting for, like, 20, 30 years straight. And three weeks before we land on the island, it decides to to give out and stop and so (laughs) there was no lava flow on the entire island and I was a little bummed out because that was like the one thing I wanted to see but I still got to see the volcano yeah we we had a lot of fun we did some cool things but it was just like are you kidding me (laughs) that like this almost like eternal seeming eruption ends right before we get there yep yeah and so, anyways, we we still got to do some really cool things, though. Like, we hiked down into a crater, uh, like a volcanic crater, and we got to walk through a lava tube, and we got to look at a sea arch, and we saw some amazing rainbows that day. It was kind of, um, like, sprinkling all day, and, like, we saw um, rainbows in craters, we saw rainbows over the ocean, we saw double rainbows, like... It was a good day for rainbows. There was this hike that we were going that went towards the like edge of the crater before the hike that went down into it. And as we were walking, there was this like big, not big, but like a crack cave looking tunnel thing that went down. And we were joking around like, like, oh, I wonder like if you like can like hike down into that thing. And it was like small, like you'd have to like squeeze through. And we like kept walking, uh, I don't know, probably 50 yards forward. And we saw another one coming back up the other direction. And we were like, do you think if you go down in the other one, you'll come back up in this one? And, and so naturally they decide to find out. <laughs> yeah, there's only one way to find out. And my brother John, fearless, he just goes down and basically like gets stuck down there. And I was like on the other end like shouting trying to like guide him in case there's like forks or whatever down there and all of a sudden i hear his voice and i'm like wait are you down there and he's like yeah and then he's, i can see him and he's 
from where I'm standing on the surface, he's 20 feet below me. Yeah. A lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. And like I can see him and he had basically had to climb up the vines to get to the top. And and then when we were hiking back after we did the crater hike, I decided to do it with him. And so we like took a phone and we like videoed ourselves going through it and we passed the phone back and forth to video each other. It felt exactly like Indiana Jones because you're down there and the walls are like really close on either side, but it's like very uh, tall, narrow, and there's vines and rocks around and it's dark and we had to squeeze through. We had to climb up and over and down and under things and it was really cool. And when I got out, I was so muddy. I just want to make it clear that we do not recommend doing this at home. (laughs) And it was kind of dangerous, just a little bit, but it was pretty cool. And he did come out looking like he had rolled in the sty with the pigs. (laughs) Hey, don't talk about John that way. (laughs) So um, the fun thing about the trip was that um, like... Josh's mom booked the coolest resorts for us. And I have to say, like, the resort in Kona was my favorite just because it was less crowded and, like, incredibly scenic. Just super beautiful and a lot of cool things to do. And so the next day, we just had, like, another, like, chill day at the resort. And um, so, you know, I went out and, like, walked along the beach and stuff. And I convinced Josh to um, leave his programming project alone for a little bit and to come out and finally paddleboard with me like paddleboarding is one of my favorite things and they had this really cool lagoon that was like an inlet that a lot of uh sea life could get like in and out of and you could rent like canoes um like they had these like water hydro bikes. bikes yeah like you could rent some really cool stuff and we rented paddle boards and kind of explored the lagoon there were a lot of sea turtles like in the lagoon with us which was like my favorite part (laughs) that like you could just like sit down on the paddleboard next to a sea turtle that was super awesome but mostly I'm just glad that I finally got Josh on a paddleboard and it was so much fun for like the first five minutes just kidding I I loved it I loved uh well my, so my p- parents were on the shore, and we were paddleboarding paddle kind of next to them, standing up, getting a picture. And my brother was in the water below them, and he was like, oh, there's a sea turtle. And I was like, as I was passing him, and I turned, like, sw- swiveled my hips to turn and look behind <laughs> me to see the turtle. And I just lost all of my balance and tumbled over. And Big mistake. Right. And that was kind of embarrassing because there's a lot of people in that lagoon and we were one of the only people on the paddleboard and a lot of people saw you biff it. Right. Um, Congratulations. uh, But I loved that's definitely something I can understand why you love it so much. It was just after because, you know, I'm very like it's very hard for me to do the same thing for an extended period of time. And after we had it rented for an hour and after, you know, 10 20 minutes i was getting very like restless with it i think that paddleboarding is one of those things that's really fun on places like bear lake that are like huge bodies of water that there's like a lot of like to explore you can almost like go around the shoreline you know and 
the water's like so cold that you don't want to get in the water and so you want to do other things like paddleboard. Gotcha. Like um I mean, it was super fun in Hawaii too, but like in Hawaii it's so hot you almost want to like fall into the water, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it was really cool to like do it with the sea turtles. So Yeah. And yep. then we took like matching family pictures with like our black shirts and you finally got to wear your whatchamacallit sarong sriracha (laughs) we're in the middle of a panorama (laughs) and then after we went to the macaroni grill for dinner and i don't know for our listeners who might not know like my least favorite food is probably pasta which is unfortunate because that's one of my favorites like it's not that i like don't like it like i'll eat it it's just a food that i am like not excited about it all like i'll eat it it's fine uh i'll even enjoy it for the most part i don't know what it is i just don't like the thought of pasta you're so weird i I don't know how to explain it but anyway we go it's like when we went to olive garden for new year's eve and i the waitress had to come back three (laughs) times and was like are you is there anything on the menu without pasta (laughs) i was looking over the and she kept saying are you ready and i was like no because i was looking for something that would that i would want and i just didn't want anything on the menu because anyway and so we go to macaroni grill and they have two sections of the menu a section with pasta and a section that's specifically without pasta or that's not pasta but everything it's like land and sea or something so like there's a pasta section and then there's like a fish and meat section but all of those sections were still pasta dishes because we're at an italian restaurant and anyway i (laughs) there were three like dishes that didn't list pasta on the menu and one of them or one was like filet mignon and another one was i think the salmon but those two were twenty dollars more than the rest of the menu and since my my parents were paying for us i didn't want to order the most expensive thing on the menu so the other thing was the buffalo chicken parmesan (laughs) which like i don't really love buffalo chicken like it's it's fine i'll eat it but uh so i order that and she brings out a plate of pasta with a little bit of chicken and i was so upset because i was like if this was going to have pasta if everything on there was going to have pasta this is the last thing that i would have ordered because i'm just going to like share the pasta and i would have ordered something else that's on the other half of the plate that i would have enjoyed more anyways like it wasn't that big a deal but it just like ruined the rest of the night for me yeah you were and everyone was bummed. teasing me about the whole pasta thing and <laughs> My family really enjoys pasta. Like, we eat at Olive Garden at least once every year. It's tradition. And so, for me, I was just like, well, like, buffalo chicken is, or, like, chicken parmesan is, like, a pasta dish. And so, but I thought that, like, you know, you like wings, buffalo wings. And so, I was like, oh, he probably just wants the chicken. Otherwise, I would have said something, but. Yeah, it turns out, for any of you who might not know, chicken parmesan comes with pasta it is a pasta dish okay i was <laughs> i admit i don't know because i'd never ordered pasta before yeah that's fair well the very last thing we did in hawaii was probably one of my favorites so it was the next day and it was our last day and we were gonna fly out um that evening and we got a snorkeling tour i'm not even gonna try to say the name it was out of Keaho harbor and we got on the this boat, and he zoomed us all the way around 
like six miles down the shore to what is called Keala Kekua Bay. Keala Kekua. And that's the site of the Captain James Cook Memorial where he was like where, beat by the natives and drowned. Where he overstayed his welcome and yeah. uh, they let him know <laughs> he drowned. But anyway, that's that was they told us that's some of the best snorkeling on the islands, best snorkeling in the world. And we I got to see it. it firsthand. Yeah. There were like schools of those yellow fish that were so cool and i mean we mostly just saw fish like i guess there's sometimes like octopus and dolphins and manta rays and we only saw fish but it was still i saw a moray eel okay i did not see an eel well probably would have seen if you would have looked with your eyes open okay i did (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, you know, you sass me, so I got to try to sass you sometimes. <laughs> um, No, that is my job exclusively in this relationship. Okay. I did see I there was this group that was separate from us that, like, when I first jumped in the water, I saw I was hearing this guy talking about some of the fish that were underneath them. And he was pointing at one, like, he would dive down in the water and point, and then he would come up at the water and he'd talk about it. And I heard him say, like, this is the state fish of Hawaii, the... Which, you know, I've heard the song from High School Musical when you showed it to me, and I just thought that was funny. And so I, like, remembered what that fish was, and I tried to point it out to you and to my siblings, but the only other times that I would see it again for the rest of the time that we were snorkeling was when you weren't around. Yeah. I think one of the things that was cool about that, like, trip was that it wasn't just a snorkeling trip. Like, like, we got to see some pretty dope snorkeling. Like, don't get me wrong. That was, like, truly incredible. But, like, they also gave us a tour kind of of the shoreline and some of the sacred sites to the Native Hawaiians. Um, you know, obviously, like, we didn't get off the boat or anything. But he um, explained some of, like, the stories behind the areas. And that was one of my favorite things. Yeah. We had a somersault competition off the side of the boat. I backflopped every time. Hurt kind of bad. But yeah, it was, what was really cool was he was saying the best way to ride in the boat, because there weren't any like seats, but the edge of the boat was like inflated, kind of like an inner tube. And you, he said to sit like with one leg over the side of the boat straddle it and one leg on the inside and then hold on to the rope that's on the top with one hand and then he the boat was so fast that the front end of the boat came all the way up out of the water and it would sh- like shoot off of the top of the waves and get airtime and come down and it was scary but it was so fun and the wind was just whipping our faces and oh it was awesome it was a good time it's like a roller coaster mm-hmm which I know you are such a big fan of. They're my favorite. What can I say? <laughs> nope, she hates them. She won't do them. When we went to Disneyland, when we got engaged on that trip, I tried really hard to get her to go on Space Mountain with me. And one time we waited in line and she, I don't know if this is embarrassing for you, but. I like, I got on Space Mountain eventually, but I did not like it. I hated it, honestly. <laughs> but, um,. I will write it. I will write it for Josh. Yeah. Because I'm special. Yep. 
Well, anyway, right after that snorkeling excursion, uh, our family took us to the airport. They decided to actually extend their trip a couple more days, but Sydney had work and I had a final that I couldn't miss. And so we flew home on the original flights. And and that is when I binge watched The Undoing and I didn't sleep at all the entire flight. And uh, I noticed when we had a layover, like a several hour layover in LA before our flight back to Salt Lake City and we we're sitting there and you fell asleep at the gate and there was an announcement coming over about a gate change and I didn't know if it was our flight to Salt Lake City or something else. I was assuming it was ours, but you had the boarding passes with the flight number. So I was trying to wake you up. Because your phone was dead. Yeah, my phone was <laughs> just dead, dead. And I was trying to wake you up and <laughs> I was like tapping you on the leg and on the shoulder. And I started shaking you a little bit and I was saying, Sid, Sid, like wake up. And I couldn't get you to wake up. You weren't moving. You weren't responding. I didn't even know if you were breathing. And so then I start like kind of shaking you harder and hard. And I'm like, it's comical at this point how like hard I'm shaking her and she's not moving. So I just start shaking you as hard as I can. And you're still not waking up at all. <laughs> and all of the people sitting at the gate around us are noticing and they start cracking up, like laughing that I'm trying to wake you up and you're just not responding at all. And I seriously was starting to think that you had like gone into cardiac arrest or something or you were dead. I, I had no idea. And then all of a sudden, I like slap you on the leg, and then you just kind of like, like very calmly, just like open your eyes. And I was. <laughs> At this point, I like just thought that I had like pulled up, like out of sleep by myself. Like I didn't realize he had slapped me. I didn't feel it, like any of that. And I was just like, thought I had naturally like awoken from my nap. Nope. I was shaking you so violently. <laughs> <laughs> It was probably like a like an eight point one on the Richter scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we uh, that was pretty much it. We got home. My dad picked us up from the airport, and I crashed on my parents' couch. My parents live like fifteen minutes from the airport, and I like crashed on their couch for several hours before we like drove home. Yep. And then watched the final game of the jazz clipper series and we're disappointed to see them get knocked out it's too soon i can't talk about it okay we'll move <laughs> on but <laughs> these last couple of weeks have been too depressing for me we're not going to talk about it because <laughs> we we watched two of the games while we were in hawaii and they kicked butt those first two games and then just lost oh, four straight they lost that game and then they played again on Friday and I don't even know why I turned it on on Friday because I knew it was going to be like I knew it was going to be a bad game I had already had a very terrible day on Friday I don't know why I turned it on but because we saw that they were up 25 oh that's right I saw they were up 25 and I was like oh my gosh like this might actually turn around and then they lost their lead and eventually the game yeah oh well oh well it was fun while it lasted it was We'll get them next year, I guess. You know what? I'm a Texas Rangers fan, so I'm used to disappointment. <laughs> but we realized that the WNBA season was just has just started, so we have decided that we are now New York Liberty fans so that we can keep <laughs> watching basketball together. Yeah. Or, you know, we could watch baseball, too. It's just as heartbreaking. <laughs> anyway, that pretty much wraps up the end of our uh, episode. But before we go... We still have to name the winner of our giveaway. Right. So I have here a raffle name picker 
random generator thing. Um, and I have, before we started recording, I entered everybody's names. So to qualify for the pod, for not the podcast, to qualify for the contest, uh, you had to follow us on Instagram for one entry, uh, comment on the giveaway post with tagging three people for a second. And then if you rated and reviewed us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever, then you got a third entry. So I have divvied out those entries to everyone who has entered. And now I am going to commence the name picking. And we are going to announce here live right now on the podcast. Well, live to us, not live to you, because you're going to be listening to this tomorrow as the crow flies today. If you're listening to this six months from now, sorry, you missed it. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully we'll be doing more. But anyway, here we go. Can I get a drum roll, Sid? (laughs) You're the best. Do it like on your cheeks so the microphone can hear. Oh, that's the best drum roll I've ever heard. Okay. Three, two, one. And the winner is Catherine Woods. Catherine, congratulations. Congratulations. We will be reaching out probably on Instagram. We'll send some DMs to get uh, information about getting an address, how we can send you this uh, giveaway package. But we're really excited. Or we could just give it to her when we have dinner with them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, thanks again for everyone who participated. Oh, thanks for participating. Oh, that's a knee slapper. <laughs> Got him. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this. We're thinking like any time that we go on a trip, just picking up souvenirs to give away to our listeners because these are really fun episodes. It's really fun to share with you guys, and I think this is a very fun way to get to share even more with our listeners. So be sure to uh stay tuned. For our next trip, we've got several more trips planned this year, so we'll have plenty more giveaway opportunities. Don't worry. We're keeping busy. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening. Let's go ahead and wrap up by just reading a few credits real fast. You can find us on Instagram at joshisrich and dipyourchicken. That's Sydney, in case you didn't, you know, get the clear reference. Uh, you can also find the podcast on Instagram at TFP underscore pod and Twitter at TFP underscore show. Be sure to follow us on social media for fun promotions and surprises in the near future, which is what you just said. And now I'm reading it again. <laughs> if you have any feedback or episode suggestions, we are always quick to like read our emails at participating.podcast at gmail.com. We would also really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on apple podcasts the cover art is by vaishan brandon find him on instagram at graphite.vmb for all of your graphic design needs and our music is by mitch fry at Firefry on instagram or at mitch fry music on youtube well i think that's about it thanks listeners for participating in Ba-dum-ts. our podcast and special shout out again to josh's parents for the amazing trip that we had and shout out to Catherine, who's the real winner yeah that's true she can have this uh trophy which uh, i don't have okay <laughs> and have a great day thanks for participating and thanks for chewing with your mouth closed <laughs>